Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. It is Wednesday, September 15th. We are already halfway through September. How about that? It is 10.30 a.m. and it is time for Bible study. So good morning to you. Thank you for making this a part of your day. And today we are talking all about faith. Faith, faith, faith. We are using uh, Hebrews 11 as our study. And Hebrews 11 is all about faith. So let's talk about some faith. Here we go. We're going to start with a definition of what faith is in verses 1 through 3. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that when so so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. So that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. So faith, what is it? The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That works, right? The assurance of things hoped for. When we hope for something, and we hope, like I hope to win the lottery, right? Now, do I actually believe that I'm going to win the lottery? Is that something that I think is going to happen? No. You have to play the lottery to win the lottery. It would be really nice to win the lottery and not have to buy a ticket, right? Right? But I hope, I hope for eternal life. And I am confident that I'm going to have eternal life. I, uh, I live my life in such a way that I am confident that that's going to happen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, right? I, you cannot see some things, but you believe that they are there. You cannot see the Holy Spirit, but you see the work of the Holy Spirit, and you believe that the Holy Spirit is there. So faith uh, is, is it's not an intellectual understanding. It's not something like, oh, I figured it out. I figured it out. Now I believe, right? Faith is, it's beyond what we can understand, because God is beyond what we can understand. And so faith is that thing beyond what we can understand, yet it's still an important, powerful part of our lives. By faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, our ancestors received approval, which is, which is different. It's vastly different than what, what a lot of the people believed, right? So according to the Mosaic Covenant, people were uh, received approval based on their actions, based on their obedience to God's law, right? I will be your God, you will be my people, and here are 10 things you have to do. These are the 10 commandments. And then, and then they were extrapolated to over 600, right? And so uh, people received approval based on their ability to be obedient to the law. Yet here in Hebrews, it says, no, 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 no. They received approval because of their faith, because of their faith. Uh, so we receive approval because of our faith. Not because of what we're able to do, not because we're perfect people, not because we're able to uh, be better people than other people, all that kind of stuff. And then it says, it says this, verse three, by faith, we understand, by faith, we understand. Well, what do we understand because of our faith? What is it that we understand because of our faith? I think it's by faith, we understand that we aren't really that good a people, that we aren't deserving of God's love. By faith, we understand that God loves us anyway, that God has made us righteous and holy, that God has turned us into something new, that God sees us as something that we, we can't be. That's what we understand by faith, right? We understand that 
by faith. So now for the rest of the chapter, the writer of Hebrews is going to highlight the faith of some of the the heroes of the Old Testament, right? Some of the Jewish Jewish heroes and, and highlight their faith. Okay, so verse seven. By faith, Noah, warned by God about vents as yet unseen, respected the warning and built an ark to save his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that is in accordance with faith. So God said to Noah, you better build an ark because it's going to start raining. It's going to start raining and it's not going to stop and there's going to be a flood and it's going to be bad news. So you need to build an ark. So for Noah, faith meant that he believed a flood was coming. And faith meant that he went out and he started building a boat, right? Noah believed that something was going to happen that had never happened before. Noah believed something was going to happen that was way outside the realms of possibility. And so he went and started doing. He went and started building an ark. He went and he went to work. So in what ways does our faith involve doing? In what ways does our faith include going to work, right? Now, uh, let's, let's take a moment here and talk about the different understandings of faith compared to uh, based on what Paul says and about what James says, right? Paul says we are saved by grace through faith, apart from our works, so that no one can boast, so that no one can boast. So it's not about what you do. It's about what God has done for you. James says, faith without works is dead. And so there is a piece of doing involved in, 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 in having faith, right? It's not that we are doing to earn, but faith compels us to do, to do something. And so we ask, well, who's right, Paul or James? Well, we could say, I think we, the answer I've come up with is they're both right. Paul was writing to people who hadn't believed before. Paul was writing to people who didn't have any kind of understanding. James is writing to people who have been believers for a while. He said, I, I, yes, you're saved by grace through faith, but, but faith involves your, like the way you live, it's doing stuff. And so in, there is, a, in a sense, like Noah, that our faith calls us to do something, to, to do something, to, to, to love our neighbor, right? To, to be a good person, to do good things, not to earn our salvation because that's already been given to us but the faith that we have inside of us compels us to do, to do good. Okay, verses 8 through 12. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has the foundation, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person and to this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. The innumerable innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. I love that. I love that image, right? The stars in the heavens, the grains of sand by the seashore. Um, and so Abraham lived this life of faith. He lived this life of faith because he considered him faithful who had promised, meaning that I am going to be faithful 
to God because I believe that God is going to be faithful to me, that God's going to do what God promised God would do. So he lived as a traveler. Abraham lived in tents. He set out from his home, right? And, and he just traveled around. And it said he lived as in a foreign land. He didn't have permanent homes. He didn't have permanent status. He, he didn't, there was no permanence. He couldn't have permanence. He just lived as a traveler. He could have had permanence if he stayed at home. If he stayed at home, if he stayed where he was comfortable, if he didn't listen to God, right? But he did. He got up. He left. He went. He did. He went where God told him to go. And even though he was old, he thought, surely God is going to make good on his promise. And so Abraham went. Abraham went. And because him and Sarah went, millions of descendants were born. And we think about the ways in which Sarah and Abraham's faith had an impact on millions of people, right? And they were just worried. They were worried about having one child when in reality their family includes millions of people, right? The, the, the old song, Father Abraham had many sons, right? Many sons had Father Abraham and daughters, right? And so uh, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as uh, the grains of sand by the seashore, Right? And it all, it all starts with getting up and going. It all starts with listening to God. It all starts with faith. It all starts with faith. And because of their faith, because they went, millions of people were born. Millions of people were born. And I just think, you know, what, what impact does my faith have on those who come after me? What impact uh, did my did my dis, my predecessors in life, my, my descendants, my family? Well, well, what decisions did they make based on faith and hope that has made my life better and my life easier, right? I think about you know, my, my family, the, the Billardellos who 100 years ago came here from Italy, right? The, came here from Italy knowing that their life here was going to be difficult, but knowing that in a few generations or maybe the next generation, their descendants would have an easier life. And so the small decisions we make or the difficult decisions that we make today, the impact that can have on people, generation, on our family members, generations from now, and how having a, living a life of faith, right? Living a life of faith today can have an impact on the next generation and the generation after that, and how it's important to talk about our faith, talk about the faith that we have with those who are our children and our grandchildren and the, the next generation, so that they can start to understand why it is that you believe what you believe and how it is that you see faith, um, the, the power that faith has in your life. Uh, I think this is just such an important piece of what it means to be faithful. What it means to be faithful is to pass down our faith to the next generation. Okay, jumping next to uh, verses 17 and 18. By faith, Abraham, who put, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises was ready to offer up his only son of whom he had been told, it is through Isaac that descendants shall be named after you. Okay, so we know the story, right? Abraham is waiting his whole life for a child, and he gets one. 
uh, but it's through the, the servant and it's Ishmael. No, it's not the right one. No, you got to have Isaac with Sarah. So he has Isaac with Sarah and through Isaac, uh, all the descendants shall be named for you. So, so he finally has Isaac and he's an old man. And, and so God says to Abraham, okay, guess what? I need you to sacrifice Isaac now. I need you to take him up to the hill and I need you to make a little altar and then I need you to kill him and I need you to sacrifice him. And Abraham's like, wait a second. I've been waiting my whole life for this kid and now you want me to sacrifice him? Why would you want me to kill the son that I've waited so long for? Why would you want me to take this, this promise that you've given me and kill it? But he says, okay, right? Okay. So they go up and he said, Abraham and Isaac start building this altar. And Isaac has no idea what's going on. And Abraham's building this thinking, man, when this is done, I have to kill my son. I have to kill my son. You know, I, I, and Abraham is willing to do it. Obviously he doesn't. He doesn't have to. God, God provides, a, I think, a goat or something right at the last minute. And, and they sacrifice that instead. But is this sense that, you know, is God... Is God testing you? Is God calling you to do something that you can't understand? You can't see beyond it? You know, it's just a weird, but it's faith, right? It's Abraham saying, I, I trust in God 100%. If God wants me to take Isaac up there and build an altar, that's what I'm going to do. Because uh, God has been good to me. God has provided, even if it's not come in my time, right? It's taken a long time for this to happen. Uh, but I trust God. I trust God. And so, so we see that faith is more than just believing that there's someone out there, right? Believing that, you know, above the clouds is, is a God, right? Or, or that, you know, it's, it's trusting. Trusting that when God says God's going to do something, God does it. And trusting that when God calls us to do something we can't understand, that God has a reason behind it. And what is the reason behind this? Well, I don't really know. We don't always know the reason behind everything. But we know that God, you know, if, if it's of God, it's for a purpose. Now, the issue is, the issue is that we like to talk, we, we like to say everything is of God. Oh, that, that really bad thing happened because it was God's will. No, 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 no. Uh, God does not punish us like I'm going to make your life miserable because of the bad things you've done. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's inconsistent with our understanding of who God is. So, okay, verses 24 through 25. Now let's get to Moses. Moses. By faith. So there are a lot of other verses in here and a lot of other references to other Old Testament people. It just, we'd be here for an hour and a half if we went through all of them. Okay. So we're just, hit, we're just hitting the highlights. There we go. Verses 24 and 25. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of of sin. So by faith, Moses, who grew up in Pharaoh's household, who knew a life of comfort and wealth and, and opulence and all this stuff, right? Uh, opulence, I think that's the right word. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, decided, no, I'm, I don't want this. That's not who I am. I am one of the Hebrews. I am one of, uh, that, that's who I am. And so because of faith, Moses chose that path, chose the path of affliction, chose the path of slavery rather than to be to grow up in a place of luxury, right? That is by faith. Okay, verses 28 through 31. More about Moses. By faith, Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. So, so again, going back to kind of the previous comment, 
There is faith here in every one of these. Faith involves doing something. Faith involves doing something. So it took faith to believe that sprinkling blood on a doorpost would save your life, right? Uh, from, so the angel of death was coming. The angel of death was coming to take the firstborn, right? But if, the, if the, uh, the, the lamb's blood was slain on the doorpost, the angel of death would pass over you. And so it took faith. It took faith for Moses to say to the Israelites, you need to put this blood on your doorpost. It took faith for him to say that because it sounds kind of silly, doesn't it? And then it took faith for those people to actually go out and do it. It took faith for Moses to put blood on his doorpost. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, people walking by be like, what is that guy doing? Why is he putting blood on his house? That's gross. What's he doing? Why is he doing that? I mean, think about it. If, you're, if you saw your neighbor putting blood on their door, you're like, what is going on? Where's the blood from? Why? What are you doing? I don't want to live by you. It's really weird, right? But it took faith to do it. And they did it, and it worked. And then they walked through the Red Sea by faith. They walked through the Red Sea. By faith, the sea parted, and they walked through. Imagine, imagine walking through a parted sea, a part, you know, a parted river, whatever it might be, a long, wide river. Walking through and see, like, like you see the water separate, and then you're like, oh wow, that's cool. And they're like, now walk through there, and you're like, but, but what if it, what if it like decides to unseparate and and take like take me? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'd rather fight the Egyptians. At least I've got a better shot. It took faith to walk through that. At Jericho, they walked around the city for seven days. For seven days, they just walked in circles around the city. You're like, what's the point of this? Why are we walking? Seven days? Like seven, seven hours. Like, my legs hurt. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? You know? And then Rahab, the prostitute, she brings in the Hebrew spies. And she says that, God is the God of uh, above heaven and on earth beneath. And they're like, yeah, that's not really, that's not really it. I mean, there's more to God than that. I mean, that's, that's, but, that, but it's faith, right? Doesn't have to be perfect. It's faith. Doesn't have to be perfect. You don't, you don't have to have a complete understanding of who God is to have faith. And she just had faith and that was good enough. It was good enough. All right. Verses 32 through 34. And what should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to fight. What a cool couple of verses right there. What more should I say of all these people who did all these great things, right? Gideon, this man who boldly destroyed idols. Barak, who led the people of Israel in a dramatic victory over the Canaanites in Judges chapter 4. Samson, who used his might to defeat the Philistines. Jephthah, who defeated the Ammonites. Each of these, they were, they were men of faith. They were men of faith. They were, they were heroes of the Jewish people, including David. And yet, we know that they were imperfect. We know David's failings, failures, right? How he, with Bathsheba, his, this lust that he had and how, how that had such an impact on who he was and had an impact on his life and on his reign, right? They were perfect. They were heroes, not because of their perfection, but because of their faith, 
God did amazing things through them because of their faith, not because of their ability to be obedient to the law, but because of their faith, because of their faith, right? And that's what this chapter is all about. You don't have to be perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's about being faithful. And it's about people living out their faith, having their faith compel them to do something. Then they do this something and they do incredible things in the world because they are compelled by their faith and they live out their faith and they say yes to God and they do amazing things, right? They conquer kingdoms. They administer justice. They obtain promises. They shut the mouth of lions. They quench raging fires. They escape the edge of the sword. They won strength out of weakness. They became mighty in war and they put foreign armies to flight because of their faith, because of their incredible faith. But their faith wasn't good enough, verses 36 through 40. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two, cut in half. They were cut in half by a saw. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented. They were broke. They were broke. They had nothing of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. So what is the conclusion to all of this? What is the purpose of all of this? Remember, this is Hebrews. This is written to Christians who were Jews before and who said, you know what, I think I'm going to go back to the Jewish ways. I think I'm going to go back to the Jewish ways where, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do that law thing again. I'm going to do that thing where we do sacrifices all the time. I'm going to go back to the way things were, right? No, 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 no. It's not about those sacrifices. It's not about all that stuff. That the, 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 it's not about all that religious stuff. The traditions, it's about faith. It's about faith. Now, let me tell you about all these wonderful Jewish heroes of faith. But here I want to say they were commended for their faith, but they did not receive what was promised because of their faith, because of their perfect faith, since God had provided something better. Verse 40, so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Meaning that, meaning that they aren't a hero, they aren't higher than us in God's eyes because of the things that they did, right? They simply are saved because they had faith in God who saved them. God who did it all, right? Um, we, we the people who live post-Jesus, after the resurrection, we have even more reasons for faith, more reasons to hold on to faith, than they did. They never saw the promise in the same way that we do on this side of the cross. And yet they lived a life of faith. God, they, all their great deeds, all their great things didn't save them. Their faith in God saved them, right? And it's our faith in God that saves us. And so, and so, trust God. Trust God. That, that is what the conclusion of this chapter comes to. Trust God when Jesus says that it is finished, when Jesus dies on the cross, when Jesus is the final sacrifice, there no longer needs to be sacrifice. 
trust Jesus. When Jesus comes back from the dead and says, uh, you are going to ascend into, uh, uh, you are going to ascend into heaven just as I am. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Trust the Holy Spirit that has been given to you. Do not go back to the way things were. Do not go back to living under the old covenant. Live under the new covenant, right? Uh, all these people and all these great things who did all these great things, they are not saved because of the great things that they did. They are saved by their faith so that they would not apart from us be made perfect, which means they cannot be made perfect apart from the way that we are made perfect. And we are all made perfect through our faith. Just they were made perfect through their faith. Not apart from us because they're heroes, like because they're the celebrities, right? Because they did such amazing things. Well, they did such amazing things, so God must love them more. No, that's not it. Just like us, they're made perfect through their faith. So trust in God, cling to God, rely on God. God is with us. God is with us and always will be. God is here to help. Let us never forget that. Let's close with a word of prayer. Uh, Lord God, help us to trust in you. Help us to have stronger faith. Help us to live out our faith. Help us to be like the heroes of the Old and New Testament. Help us to uh, see ways in which our faith can make a difference in the world. Give us the courage and strength to be the people you created us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day. We will see you next week with Hebrews chapter 12. Take good care of yourselves.